Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crib. My name is Glenn and I will be your host as together we explore the wonderful world that is Gateway Horror. Back from a little bit of a break, um, you have been hearing my voice um, you know, on a semi-normal basis on both the Switch It Up show and it came from Cherry Hill all about the Monster Mania convention, which will actually be having an episode um, tomorrow, uh, Friday. August the 23rd being recorded so look for that uh, you know this coming weekend uh, something to look forward to if you're a big fan of the horror convention scene especially the Monster Mania itself but don't worry ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land I know you're anxious to hear more tales uh, of from the crypt so and I've got them for you I've got a bunch on deck to record what I've been trying to do my best to really kind of make the most out of the time that I do have to watch movies and be like you know what I am gonna sit down and watch all this stuff tonight you're gonna plan your time ladies and gentlemen especially as you know we all get older gotta find a way to fit in that horror one way or another but don't you worry I got a packed show for you featuring all the segments all the hits right here on Tales from the Crib. I love that. I love that music. And that sound, of course, means that it is time for The Buzz. The Buzz is our segment where we like to talk about different news items in the world of horror and kind of just, like, just, you know, free associate, explore those topics together. And the key word being there, together. You and me talking about these things, exchanging ideas, opinions, perhaps arguing. We can do all that and more thanks to the wonder and glory that is Twitter. So by all means, please follow me or just go ahead and you can even at mention anything you know uh, in, in this show um, that kind of rubs you the right way or maybe even the wrong way. Uh, that handle to look out for is at from the crib c-r-i-b-b-e-d and you can find that in the show notes now let's go ahead and dive right on into the news with some reviews of it part two a lot of people and by people i mean critics have started to talk about some of their feelings based on their early screenings of it chapter two now i have had my tickets for it chapter two literally literally for weeks now as soon as they went on sale i bought them i could not be more excited for it chapter two i was a fan of the miniseries when i was growing up i was a fan of the book made sure that i got through it before the remake came out and i absolutely loved the remake i think all the kids did an excellent job bill skarsgård as pennywise was awesome i was really really into it the movie was almost three hours and I was ready for hour number four. All right, so I cannot get enough of it. See? See what I did there? Pun intended. Now, I am equally as excited 
for it chapter 2 the trailer for chapter 2 looks awesome and the fact that it's getting mixed reviews really personally does not does not affect me i am very excited uh, to see this movie you know regardless of whatever uh, the press happens to say about it and don't get me wrong it's been mixed there have been people saying uh, that it's been really good and there also have been people saying it kind of just misses the mark and feels kind of long um, personally I'm glad that it's like you know over two and a half hours there's a lot of story a lot of character development that goes along with it and it's really a story about you know the kids and their journey into adulthood and how they kind of look after each other as well as it's a story about Pennywise um, you know the two factor in and kind of like how they end up you know dealing with him so to speak so for me i'm glad that this story is long but i wanted to know what was a movie that you guys thought you know you were really excited for and then some mixed reviews came out um did it ruin your enjoyment of that film i ask this because um not only are we going through this situation with it chapter two but a lot of people have said that about um the main feature in today's episode the curse of la llorona and it is really 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 rough reviews but once we get over into that segment of the show i think you're going to be surprised maybe at um my reaction to it because i'm fresh off watching it and uh you know i definitely leaned one way towards it you know spoiler alert i loved it i thought it was awesome so can't wait to talk about it with you but let's go on i got more news to talk about this is what happens when i don't do the show for a while i keep all these topics bundled up you know in my subconscious and they all just flow out into the microphone and hopefully you guys enjoy it i have rough notes here but really i kind of just go off of it and, and see where it goes i'm always glad when i get to sit down and do an episode of this show um, up next, uh, I've been recently read that Robert England supposedly has said he is interested in doing Freddy one more time, which I definitely want to see. Robert England to me is Freddy, and I did watch, you know, the remake uh, with that guy from uh, Watchmen. And, you know, the remake, in terms of a lot of um, horror remakes that came out recently, or at least around that time when the Nightmare on Elm Street remake came out, there it definitely was not, you know, the worst. There were moments of it that I liked, but there, of course, were moments of it that I really didn't uh, like, and I think kind of overstepped their boundaries and kind of, you know, made it not quite as enjoyable as a viewing experience as it could be. I do get that that's the kind of the point. They wanted to make Freddy, like, bad, but I feel like they kind of made him a little bit too too bad at least compared to the kind of jokey freddy that we kind of got used to over the decade plus that we had of nightmare on elm street really multi-decade plus but anyway i would love to see um robert england return to play freddy at least one more time i don't really know rights wise kind of what's going on with a nightmare on elm street they're probably trying to figure out really what the, what the best way to be able to keep that franchise profitable is. I feel like a movie like that comes out, people are going to see it regardless, but I'm hoping, the positive person in me is hoping that they're trying to come up with a good storyline to give us. I really, really want to see the the prequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street dealing with the trial, having almost like um, more of a thriller crime drama that you know slowly turns into a horror movie at the end. I think that would be awesome. Uh, but uh, he also recommended that he would love to see Kevin Bacon play um, 
uh, Freddy Krueger, and I think Kevin Bacon could do it. Kevin Bacon's a really versatile actor. He's been acting a super long time, and of course, horror fans know him both for Friday the 13th for his uh, cameo in that, and also uh, Critters. Uh, so, and and Hollow Man, and um, oh my gosh, what's the um? I can't I can't think of the name. Um, the one where he starts to hear the different voices coming up through the floor. Uh, the movie's great. We'll worry about it later. Maybe I'll add it into the show notes. Uh, but there are a bunch of really great horror, scary movies with Kevin Bacon. So I think he would do an awesome job as Freddy Krueger. But maybe, may, maybe we'll see. And then lastly, really isn't a piece of news, but it was just something I wanted to share. Mr. Seth Trav and I, uh, my co-host on uh, on the Preachcast and also um, at the Switch It Up show, him and I are going to be doing a 31 and 31 in October, where we watch 31 horror movies in 31 days. The idea, I think, being that we are going to kind of suggest episodes or movies to each other and uh, then feature them here on a daily uh, episode, mini episode, talking about our reaction to that film. So, What's nice is that you'll get 31 and 31 from your friends here at the Preach Network. Uh, and, of course, gives us just a little bit more time uh, to be able to sit around and watch one of these films. Because I can't always sit down and watch a movie every single night. I mean, I guess I could. But I could probably definitely get a movie in every other night. So it just makes it a little bit easier. But if you're going to be doing a 31 and 31, please use those hashtags once they come out. It's usually 31 and 31 or 31 days of Halloween or something like that and you know get in on the conversation because there are a lot of people out there in the horror community who do 31 and 31 and it's awesome to kind of see what people are watching together and what they have in common and maybe even something new that pops up speaking of new things to watch in the world of horror let's spend some money here on shop smart shop smart is the segment where we like to talk about different you know deals usually deals that you can get in the world of horror. It's basically me shopping for Blu-rays because if it's like either watching or collecting or hunting for Blu-rays, some of my favorite favorite activities. Uh, definitely something I was into at Monster Mania. But in this one, uh, I usually end up perusing Amazon. And of course, I got I, I always try to focus on like deals, but this time I said, you know what? Let's change it up. Let's go ahead and try and not to just focus on spending on you know saving money but let's let, let's try to spend some money let's splurge a little bit and there's a couple titles here that i think are worth discussing let's jump right into uh stephen king's the stand now this is actually directed by mick garris who has worked on pretty much every like horror movie that you could possibly imagine he has um a, he, he's the director of um uh, riding the bullet he has nightmare cinema coming out pretty soon which actually actually is available to rent for 4.99 on amazon um nightmare cinema is an anthology horror film uh he worked on masters of horror he has done uh amazing stories there's a ton of things that he's been and done he directed uh, the shining um remake so i mean very very big in the horror world has an awesome podcast post postmortem it's called Really, really good. Um, but he did the, he directed the TV miniseries version of The Stand, which I'm actually working my way through in the audiobook, and it's never been available on any type of high definition format before. You really only be able to get it on DVD, and even that's starting to get a little bit more rare. Uh, so to be able to pick it up in a high definition format is really exciting, especially to me as I get close to finishing the book. The Stand is huge 
huge book. I'm working my way through it in audiobook, but it's still a 50-hour audiobook. So, you know, it's no no joke but now you can go ahead and you can pick up the stand on blu-ray it clocks in at 359 minutes ladies and gentlemen that is legit there's no other way to say it it is of course not rated it comes out on september 24th 2019 so you have a little bit of time to save up that 30 dollars um but um what's weird to me is that it's this shows you how much like data can fit on a blu-ray disc we're going to geek out for a second because this is clocking in at about six hours long it is one disc so interesting um that actually kind of makes me a little bit concerned because i'd like there to be a whole bunch of special features on there and i'm curious as to kind of how much stuff is on that disc in addition to the movie uh but thirty dollars um, for the Stand miniseries, I'm excited to check it out. If you've seen the Stand miniseries uh, and I should be either concerned or excited, please let me know over on Twitter. I want to see kind of how it stands up. See what I did there? To the book. Now let's kind of jump up to the next level in terms of spending some money. And let's talk about something that I feel like is way, way, way overdue. And that is the Omen Collection. The Omen Collection is, of course, um, all the films of the Omen. It is coming to us from Screen Factory. It is five discs. They are not messing around. Uh, and you're getting all the original Omens as well as the remake. So I personally think that is awesome. And it is $60, which is not, I feel like it's not asking too much. I feel like it's a good price, especially considering the fact that you get uh, you know, all those movies and um, you've get, you're getting the collector's edition of them. So um, it's, pretty, it's pretty good packaging. Speaking of packaging, if you have seen the packaging for uh like the current edition of the omen collection that is out right now it is horrendous it is easily the cheapest manufactured blu-ray set that has ever like graced anybody's shelf of blu-rays it is brutal paper 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 thin um cardboard holds this thing together it is the cheapest in the world it is a shame uh, to own, the, to own. Period. But you know, there really has been no other way in order to own these movies. So now, at least you're going to get like a really, really nice set for a series that I feel like actually deserves it. It is going to take up a good amount of room, though, on your shelf, holding you know the original Damien, uh, Damien, the Omen Part Two, uh, the kind of the final conflict, Amy and. Uh, Omen for The Awakening, and of course, um, the 2006 remaster, um, just simply called The Omen. So, again, a bunch of stuff on there. 525 minutes, uh, so even longer than The Stand, but super excited for this. Doesn't come out until October 15th, so you got a little bit of time, but you know what? Just in time for Halloween, I feel like that's definitely going to have some of the titles that I watch in the 31 in 31. Now, let's go ahead and round this out because we are getting close um, to the end of Shop Smart, and we're gonna swing the pendulum back to the affordable side, and we're gonna talk about the Sleepy Hollow 20th Anniversary Edition. Of course, directed by, um, of course, I forget his name, Tim Burton, star starring Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, telling the story of the Headless Horseman. This is an awesome classic movie about a classic tale 
and you know, starring Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, directed by Tim Burton, came out like smack dab in like the Tim Burton swing of things, like in the '90s, where he was just having all types of awesome movies just come out one after another after another. This is the 20th anniversary edition, so that's gonna be nice to have, considering really the only release right now is kind of bare bones, and it comes out in the digi book, which I absolutely love. I think that's super cool. I love that packaging. Give you a little bit of a booklet format. Some. Just something to kind of sink your teeth into before you jump into the movie and the special features. They don't actually have any details for the movie in terms of the special features right now, uh, which you know I'm kind of hoping they have some more. But it does say it includes a 40-page book, um, you know, about the classic short story. And the digi books are cool because before we started to get all these kind of like niche, awesome labels like Screen Factory and of course our good friends over at Arrow Video. You know, the, the big studios didn't always make these type of things. You know, you have Criterion and stuff like that, but like the regular studios just didn't always put, you know, that type of quality in. So at least I feel like they're realizing that people are starting to want these things and support them and be willing to pay for them. And now we're getting more of them, which I think is awesome. And that is a Sleepy Hollow 20th anniversary edition from Paramount for $14.99 if you pre-order it over on Amazon. Normally it's going to retail for $23, but 14 or uh, 15 bucks, I feel like that is pretty good. And we have one more. One more movie to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, and this thing looks like an awesome time. We're going to go ahead and take a peek at the trailer from our good friends over at Arrow Video. Now, in the trailer, you're going to hear this movie referred to as Demon Possessed. However, uh, Arrow Video brings it to us by the alternate title of The Chill Factor. The small synopsis, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with it before I play the trailer, is The Exorcist meets the Winter Olympics in this tale of demonic possession and snowbound slashing from director Christopher Webster, producer of Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 Hellbound. So you get kind of ridiculous setup but quality direction so without any further ado ladies and gentlemen before i jump into the longer synopsis let's watch the trailer of demon possessed demon possessed three college couples take a snowmobiling break in a remote northwood location Ooh, some tough guy after a drag race ends abruptly in a crash They search for shelter, finding a boarded-up children's camp, once run by a murderous religious order. Keep the beast in the field. When the Bible says the beast, it means the devil. And an innocent game with an ancient Ouija board activates the demonic spirit of the camp, which possesses the injured student. again if the killer isn't put away. One by one, the students succumb to the demon's fiendishly original mayhem. Unleashing the horror of a night of murder. Going to be a cold day 
Possessed. Coming soon from AIP Home Video. I mean, first of all, I love those like old school trailers like that. They're, they're just great. They are perfect. They're of its time. And they kind of just set you up for the so bad it's good movie uh, that the chill factor uh, or slash demon possessed is. So let me go ahead and give you the kind of full description here. Hit you with a little bit of the, uh, the special features and kind of what to expect from this Arrow video release. The Exorcist meets the Winter Olympics in the tale of demonic possession and snow mountain slashing from director Christopher Webster. For a group of young couples, a snowmobiling trip turns into a waking nightmare when one of their number is thrown from their vehicle and knocked unconscious. Seeking refuge in a nearby abandoned summer camp, the group find themselves holed up in a cabin filled with bizarre and ominous religious artifacts. As night falls, the discovery of a Ouija board amidst the dusty relics awakens a terrifying evil. Barely released outside of the <laughs> outside of its original V. VHS outing, for which it was retitled Demon Possessed, cult enthusiasts' Arrow video have dug up the chill factor from its wintry analog grave so that horror fans can rediscover this mixture of snow, slaughter, and Satan. It features a brand new 2K restoration from the original film elements. It is presented in high-definition Blu-ray 1080p with uncompressed stereo audio. It has subtitles, of course, as most of them do. It has a brand new, here we get into the meat and potatoes of this release as a brand new audio commentary with special effects artist Hank Carlson and horror writer Josh Hadley. Um, I love when they have somebody talking about the different special effects because how they do some of these practical effects, um, it, it's, it's just really cool because a lot of these movies that we like so much that we either grew up watching or are now rediscovering through labels like Arrow Video, like they, they're not exactly made on the biggest budgets. So they have to come up with really unique and creative ways. So the fact that they kind of get some of these people to come on to the special features for the movie to tell you kind of you know what constraints they were under and how they were able to achieve something. It's just, I feel like it's just really, really interesting. I, I love when they do that. They have brand new on-camera interview with makeup artist Jeffrey Lyle Siegel, goes hand in hand with special effects and makeup brand new on-camera interview with production manor manager alexandra reed and a brand new on-camera interview with the stunt coordinator gary paul so um, i know that kind of sounds like you're like oh wow they're really kind of focusing on like the stunts and things like that but they got a lot going on in this movie okay you got possession you you have you know slasher uh slaughters people getting stabbed you have snowmobile accidents so there's a lot of moving pieces so what seems like it might be kind of like easy imagine like if i had to tell you like okay i need you to film a like snowmobile crashing how do you do that and walk away from it i don't know but you can find out here in the special features it also has a still gallery a original vhs trailer and a reversible sleeve featuring the original and newly commissioned arc by mark some senovac Senobach, excuse me. Um, I, I I love that they give you both like the old and um, the new art. I feel like that's really awesome. I love when they do that because you get a little bit of both as well as a reinterpretation of the classic. Um, that is the chill factor coming to us from Arrow Video. It is available right now. You can go purchase this over uh, on Amazon, and it is twenty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents. Uh, and again, another like awesome, just fun title, something uh, nice to check out. 
I, I definitely think you should give it a try. It is uh, definitely one to watch with friends. So if you uh, have a little bit of room in your horror backlog, I strongly suggest you check out The Chill Factor. And if you have seen it, um, you know, I own this uh, on Blu-ray. If you have seen this before, please reach out to me over on Twitter. I would love to know what you think about it for sure. We have such sights to show you. And keeping the episode rolling around, rolling around, rolling along, um, before we jump right into that main feature presentation, I want to talk a little bit about I Scream, You Stream, the segment where I like to highlight a few movies that I think are kind of interesting that we can watch on the internet. Now, we spent a lot of money in Shop Smart. I kind of broke the bank with some of those releases. So if you're paying, for Amazon Prime, which I know many of you have, you already get Prime Video. And I know I talk about Prime Video pretty much every single episode, and I should probably reach out to them for some type of sponsorship deal, you know, and start rolling in some of that Amazon money. However, you know, as far as horror fans go, you know, Shudder is great, but Amazon Prime Video, like they are not messing around. They have a huge amount of horror movies to check out, including a lot of these awesome 80s classics that we all love so much. But let's talk about some movies that maybe aren't so 80s. Let's start off with The Nightmare. This is uh, a lot different than some, um, like your normal movie. The Nightmare is an original horror documentary from the Oscar award-winning producer of Undefeated and the producer of Zero Dreams of Sushi. And basically, it is a documentary about people with night terrors. And they kind of talk to some of the people, talk about night terrors in general, and then they reenact some of their the scariest ones. Uh, what's, what's creepy about this is not only do you have to deal with the fact that the reenactments are creepy, but these are actually based on night terrors that people are actually having so it is um definitely you know a realistic take on horror that people actually experience in some cases every night uh so that's uh that's scary scary ladies and gentlemen that's the nightmare over on amazon prime as are all of these now let's jump in with one i haven't seen and that's uh I'm going to throw this on to my 31 and 31. I think I'm actually going to like write this out so I know uh, because I want to be able to be as successful with watching 31 movies or in our case, 15 movies in you know that much time. But let's talk about The Grudge. I have not seen The Grudge at all. Uh, an eerie tale of a family who was brutally killed in their own home, leaving behind an evil spirit lurking in the shadows. When an unknowing home care worker enters, the spirit is awakened, and a terrifying chain of events begins. I have not seen the original. I have not seen the remake. Um, trying to be an honest horror fan. I watch a lot of horror movies. I know a lot of you watch a, horror, a lot of horror movies, but you, sometimes you just miss stuff. Things just fall through the cracks, and this is one movie that I've missed. And as somebody who is starting to discover more and more Japanese horror, this is something I know I should definitely be watching. I've seen All the Ring, I've seen Pulse, I've seen Shudder, I've seen One Miss Call. You know, there's a bunch that I've seen, but I have not seen The Grudge, which is weird because it's definitely one of the biggest in like the JR world. I need to check this out. When I say The Grudge, I'm referring to the original movie. It is on streaming now. Definitely need to check that out. 
if I had, tell me how bad I messed up by not seeing the grudge. I really want to hear from you guys. Let me have it. It's okay. I can take it. And then one also that I haven't seen, but actually I thought the preview for this looked good and it supposedly maybe not so great. Uh, but you know what? Based on today's main feature, I definitely need to watch it. And that's the possession of Hannah Grace working the graveyard shift in the morgue. Megan experiences horrifying visions and suspects a corpse is possessed by a demonic force. Uh, this came out in just 2018, so it's pr pretty new. It took its sweet time coming out to uh, DVD and Blu-ray too, because I had my eye on it for a while, uh, and it just seems like it took forever and ever and ever to come out. So the fact that I can just hop on Amazon and go ahead and watch it now is great. And uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gestlemen, for our three movies here on Ice Cream Ustream. Uh, and again, that's The Possession of Hannah Grace, The Grudge, and The Nightmare. So let's go ahead and start to get ready for the main feature right here on Tales from the Crypt. And now for our feature presentation. I'm very sorry about your loss. It's your fault! I can't even imagine how you must feel. Your children. Mincy. are safe now. But have they heard her crying? Have they felt the sting of her tears? They will. And she will come for them. Who? My Jordana. I, let me tell you something about this movie, The Curse of La Llorona. Now, this ties in 
to the Conjuring universe. It was, it's presented as being part of that universe. And I'm not going to spoil for you how it gets connected. It, it's a very, very minor way, but it makes you kind of be like, oh, well, that's kind of neat uh, once it happens. But man, this movie got hated on so, so, so bad. It, it has like, I think a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the, the score for it is brutal and it just seems like nobody liked this movie um but i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen uh, fans of the cribbed it is i had a great time this was like a roller coaster for me i am not being sarcastic at at all um i i really 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 liked it uh there are, this is going to be complete spoilers uh so i'm going to give you like a couple minutes of spoiler free and then i'm just going to ruin the movie for you um and maybe not really ruin it but you listen to a podcast where the main feature is the curse of la la rona you know i'm going to be talking about it so i hope i don't ruin anything for you but to give you the spoiler free part of it um, the Curse of La La Rona deals with a uh, what is a, a folk tale about um, this lady who ended up drowning her children, and she kind of is coming back um, to uh, I guess to, to to get more to get more kids and drown them. Uh, it's uh, it's it's not a great not a great story, not a very positive, uh, you know, folk tale. Uh, but 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 it is one uh, nonetheless, and. I feel like what makes this interesting is I've never heard of it before. It's not, um, you know, a character that's just made up for the movie. This is a very old tale. So something as horror fans that I feel like people like to complain about because we as horror fans naturally are people who like to complain. Um, you know, we're always saying, like, we need something new. We need something new. We need something new. And then when we get something new, we're like, oh, that's dumb. Um, this is, I feel like, unfortunately, one of those cases where we were given something kind of new to us, or at least some of us anyway, who are fans of the genre, and it kind of just didn't get really the support that it needed. Um, I feel like people might have been under the impression that this is something just um, squeezed under the Conjuring banner and kind of just paid it no mind. Uh, even uh, though this movie did very well at the box office, making over 10 times its budget. Its budget was under $10 million. Uh, so this movie was theatrically very successful, but critically not so much. Um, if you are looking for a movie that tells, you know, a new, you know, unique story uh, from, you know, a different part of the world, you get to kind of learn about. Uh, there's definitely a lot of culture involved in this, you know, in this story. And if you are looking for something that is pretty good in terms of its jump scares and where the jump scares actually pay off, when they hit you with a jump scare, it is legitimate. They have something scary to show you, and you will jump. Um, they like they're good. They're quality scares. Um, that being said, that ends the spoiler-free section. Uh, from here on out, going to be ruining the movie. Uh, not ruining it, but I'm going to be talking about it. It's important to me that I don't ruin it for you. So. If you're interested in seeing The Curse of La Llorona and you don't want to anything to be ruined, pause the podcast, go watch it. It is, of course, available on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, digital. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. I believe it's $5.99. Um, and definitely go and, and check it out. Now, for those of you who have seen it already, let me tell you why I think this movie is just... It, it, it's just so much 
fun. Now, this is a rated R movie, so I know that um, you know I try to cover kind of like a wide range of films on this podcast because again, it is all about gateway horror. And you could make the argument uh, that this is um, because it's not PG thirteen, because it's not PG or something like that. It's not as accessible accessible you know to the audience to convert them into horror fans um but that being said you know you don't necessarily have to be you know a kid to be introduced to horror maybe it's something else you discover later in life or in this case maybe it's a tale that you grew up with and now you're seeing it brought to life in a way that you know it's just kind of like changes uh, it for you and then makes you go back and revisit a genre that you might not have had experience with before. Um, but The Curse of La Llorona, like, I mean, man, I feel like this movie is just paced so well. Some people said it was slow, but, you know, I really didn't get that at all. And I am not a fan of the slow burn. I know a lot of people like some of this. Um, I mean, it's almost like a whole genre now in the horror community. Movies like Bone Tomahawk or, um, you know, I could say Hereditary or The Witch or The Vitch or however people like to pronounce it if they're trying to be fancy, um, you know, where it's a lot of plot development, which is fine. I love a good story. Don't get me wrong. Um, but sometimes movies just kind of sit in their atmospheres for so long um, that you're like, something needs to happen at some point. But I didn't get any of that in The Curse of La Llorona. And one big complaint that I, I saw a lot of reviews were saying, you know, it's so slow. It takes forever for anything to happen. And what's interesting is this is reminding me a lot of the reception that The Nun got. A lot of people said that The Nun was boring, that it felt like it was slow paced and nothing happened. And the two movies came out not quite around the same time. The Nun came out and then The Curse of La Llorona came out in April. Uh, so we've had The Nun, you know, before this. Uh, but I feel I feel like I'm getting similar temperature readings uh, from critics for these movies. And I love The Curse of La Llorona and I have not watched The Nun yet. So I'm definitely going to have to go and check that out. But man, this movie is paced really well. You get introduced to um, you get introduced to La Llorona and kind of like what she's all about super, super quick. And it turns kind of into, um, it turns into almost like a mystery uh, where these kids start to drown and they're trying to find out kind of like, well, these kids start to die and they're trying to find out like how how it's happened. Uh, and then as we're kind of introduced to the reasoning behind it, uh, this one lady, um, you know, has drowned her kids or has drowned her kids to kind of save them uh, from uh, La Llorona. And, uh, you know, she's in jail and she feels like she's lost. So she doesn't know she wants her kids back. So she ends up praying to La Llorona to be like, hey, go take my investigators, uh, you know, who put me in jail. Go take her kids uh, and bring me back mine. And that's kind of like, you know, how the movie really gets going. And we're dealing with um, this mother and her two kids who have all interacted with La Llorona, and she's coming after every single one of them. And the jump scares in this movie and how we kind of see La Llorona, like, in the house are, like, they're so good. They're executed so well. Every single, like, moment, like, has a good payoff where they could just as easily kind of have, like, a cop-out, you know, and when they're ramping up the tension, and then all of a sudden, like, someone drops a pan, and they're like, whoops, and then we, like, smash cut to the next scene, and then you're safe. This movie, you never really feel safe. Anytime the house is, like, empty, or they hear a noise, and they go and investigate it, something's coming, and it's going to scare you, and they do an awesome job. There is a extremely, extremely um, effective scene uh, where the two kids are locked in the car, and La Llorona is coming after them, and she is 
kind of like rolling down the window, opening the door, and they just do a great job with balancing that tension that you get with knowing that she's going to pop out at any moment, and then they combine it with some of those moments that, you know, were like from The Conjuring or from Paranormal Activity, where something just like moves so, so suddenly, and it's like, it's like, it's just, it's like, it's almost saying like, like, it's here, it's right in front of you, and of course you can't see it yet because it's a ghost, and then it manifests itself, and you get La Llorona, and when you, and when you get that payoff in this movie, it's just so, you know, it's just so fun, it's one of the things I felt like made Annabelle creation, like, so good, you know, it was just like a roller coaster ride, like, I feel like this would be a great movie to see in the theater, and I'm sad I didn't get to see it there, um, because I feel like people would enjoy it, and maybe that's part of the reason why it did so well in the theater, uh, but critically, you know not so much so if you enjoyed this movie ladies and gentlemen please let me know on twitter i found like i feel like i found like a diamond in the rough that um that that people just didn't just didn't like maybe i'm crazy uh maybe you absolutely don't agree with me at all and you think this movie is a waste of time but you know what I feel like this movie is fun. I feel like this movie could definitely um, convert some people into being fans of the genre because it's different. Um, and, I mean, they also they play around, too, with something which I feel like never really works. And they do horror in the daytime, which I feel like isn't the easiest thing to pull off. But there are multiple scenes where you have, you know, La Llorona coming after them, whether it be day you know, or night, and those daytime scenes are so good, and there's a few of them, and they work, and they make you, they make you kind of creeped out and scared, this is a movie that if you're watching it, and the first time I watched this just a couple days ago, you know, it was stormy outside, and I'm trying, I'm hearing all these noises, and I'm like, is that my house, is that the movie, like, do I have to go, like, pause, and, like, look around the house now, is somebody here, like, 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 it's, it's effective, it has a great atmosphere, it's fun, it's scary, and it's new, uh, and that's an awesome combination that we as horror fans don't always get or at least like to complain about. Um, and if you're willing to try something different and something that you might think maybe isn't the best, I highly, highly recommend The Curse of La Llorona to you. And ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tales from the Crib. If you saw this movie, reach out to me over on Twitter at From the Crib, and I will see you next time right here on the Preach Network. Dropping out of light at the Elvis and Tari system in three, two, one.